Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Love to see you all. Thank you for coming. Welcome to episode 15. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe Podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rehep. Well, it's getting cooler all the time. It's, get, it's now actually getting to the point where it's no longer cool to call it that because everyone's caught, caught on to it. It's cool to not do it now, to know that it's called that, but call it something else. Um, so it's, uh, it's a daily podcast. I just mess around, talk about stuff I've got guests I talk to, uh, and uh, there's some stand-up. There's a competition at the end where someone here tonight will win uh, tickets to see Paul Sinha, who was our guest the other day, uh, Bridget Christie, who is fantastic, who I've tried to get on as a guest, but uh, she's too sniffy to come on. She thinks she's too good for it. No, she isn't. She's got two young children and has to look after them in the afternoon. But I don't think that's a good excuse. Um, and um, uh, I think her husband won't let her come out. Uh, and uh, and a copy of that's it. He's worried what I'll say. She's married to uh, some bloke. Uh, can't forget his name. He used to be on telly in the 1990s. Forget his name. He plays golf now. Uh, Stuart Lee. Stuart Lee. Stuart Lee. She's married to. Uh, she's uh, it's his second wife. I'm I'm the first one though I should add. Uh, but it's, uh, <laughs> ten fucking well, fifteen years I had with him. I, I hope he doesn't hit her as much as he hit me. That's all. That's all. I'm, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I hope he hits her a bit. Sorry, she's a really good. No, she's. Uh, I know. I don't know what I'm saying. I haven't prepared anything. She's really brilliant. I go and see her show every year, and she's one of my favourite acts at the at uh, in Edinburgh because I think she's really like me, and that's what Stuart. That's what I said the other day. Stuart's just married the woman who is most like me in the world. <laughs> I wonder why she won't come on. I just don't know why she won't come on the show. So anyway, you can see that you can win a voucher. Oh, look at just what is wrong with me. I just slapped it. Thank you. Yeah, and I've got a nice uh, nice ass shot there as I bent over. Some man whistled. If you didn't hear at home. Um, uh, www.nakedwines.com is a great place to get your wines probably I don't know they just sent me loads of these so um, that's how cheap I am I'll just advertise anything you get a £40 wine voucher you can buy £40 worth of wine for free uh, from and I got one today I got one yesterday which will be the price tomorrow I think but from a man who runs uh, a business that makes products for left handed people uh, but he sent me a kind of coupon attached but it didn't work out so that, that tomorrow he will get an advert but uh, if you're listening at home you run a business there's still a week you can, if you just have to send your stuff in and uh, I'll advertise it for free to, you know, there's not about 50 people in the room. It's amazing. So, uh, and there's lots of people at home. As it occurs to me, I told you that's the, there and there. And that's, uh, oh, next, uh, just everything's going everywhere. So, um, Brad Pitt's, uh, um, more and more people uh, kind of saying that they're mistaking Brad Pitt for me when he's, he's been on the front page of all the newspapers. And everyone goes, that was, I thought Richard Herring's on the front page of the Scotsman. Oh, no, it's Brad Pitt upside down. And then I've, uh, uh, so, uh, but I'm kind of worried he's come to Scotland because he knows now I'm in a relationship. And he's come up thinking I can pick up all the girls Richard Herring would usually be getting off with at Edinburgh. <laughs> pretend to be him. He's taken, you know, he's like, we stood next to each other, you'd be able to tell which one was which because I'm much better looking than him. But well, just if you if you were walking past, you go, "That's Richard Herring. He's awesome." So, and it's today is of course uh, Andrew Collins's favourite day of the year, uh, in that it's the day after the A-level results are announced, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> 
and he can pretend that he uh, is morally uh, superior to the newspapers and, and he, he likes the fact that they all print pictures of young girls jumping up in the air. The most, all the, the attractive girls who pass their A-levels are allowed to have their photo taken. No men or unattractive women who've passed their A-levels are allowed to be photographed. Uh, so he loves today because he can pretend that he's just going, oh, look, it's awful. Look at these pictures of these 18-year-old girls. It's awful, isn't he? But he is then just looking at them going, yeah. Mm. Uh, it's awful and I'm now doing it myself and so are the Daily so are the Daily Mirror who, I can't believe the hypocrisy of this the Daily Mirror printed a story saying anger at schools using pretty girls uh, and then top schools were slammed for allegedly parading attractive female students in front of cameras and A-level results and shunning those who failed uh, the, the names of Bristol's Badminton School and the Bedale School in uh, Hampshire uh, the private schools and they've deliberately supposedly put their most attractive girls out but then the Daily Mirror has pictures of the attractive girl. So it's like, and this is, it's like Andrew Collins is suddenly editing the Daily Mirror and going, yeah, oh, isn't it awful? Look, there they are. Right, look at that. You can see, see that one's shape of that one's breast. It's fucking brilliant. Uh, so uh, so I, don't know if any, uh, I don't know if any ugly girls did pass their A-levels. I'm imagining mainly, it was mainly, I, I mean, I, was, I did very well in my A-levels and I was very, un it's hard to believe looking at me now. I was a very spotty, unattractive, uncool, because I'd worked hard for my A-levels. But what I quite like yesterday on Twitter was all the, you know, the celebrities on Twitter, like Russell Brand, were kind of going, don't worry if you don't pass your A-levels, because I didn't pass my A-levels, and I'm now married to a pop star, which I don't think, I don't think that would necessarily fight. If you failed your, there's only so many that can go around. I did fantastically well in my A-levels. I got three A's uh, and, and a B, uh, and... Uh, and I'm doing this, so fucking hell, you know. It's my my job involves me sitting in a bath of flour for no money. That is that's what I've ended up doing as a 44 year old. So I don't I don't know if we can take anything from that, but don't. Uh, so I'm sure there were plenty of people who failed there. They're not really on Twitter, are the people who failed their A levels and are fucked up uh, and are living in the street, dying. Never mind. Uh, so and I was very excited today. I didn't hear it myself, but Janet Ellis, who is um, one of my uh, childhood uh, obsessions. Uh, there were many, but Janet Ellis, do you remember Janet Ellis? She's Sophie Ellis Bexter's mum, if you're a youngster. Uh, but uh, she, was, she used to present uh, Jigsaw and Blue Peter. And I, and I think it was my sexual awakening was Janet Ellis uh, in, in Jigsaw. They, did, they were doing a different letter of the alphabet every week, and they did O for oranges. And she was Nell Gwynn. She was dressed up as Nell Gwynn. She was a very buxom, very and still is, a very attractive uh, woman. But uh, th she was dressed in this low-cut top, and I, that was the day I realised I was a man, when Janet Ellis... <laughs> And Janet Ellis has come to see my show last week and was on the right stuff today and mentioned my show, apparently. And I think if the 14-year-old me knew that, he would literally have exploded. I mean, literally, in two ways, but that would, I wouldn't exist. If I'd known that would happen, I wouldn't be here now. If I could travel back through time and tell him, I could destroy myself, uh, which, would be <laughs> which would be pretty cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, not, not much else has been going on because, you know, I'm just doing shows and sleeping. Uh, I could, uh, did I have any good dreams last night? Um, <laughs> I'm not going out, it's just tragically sad, but uh, never mind. So we'll, we'll have a look and see who's in the audience. There's a young couple here come to uh, touching each other up, and uh, they're just very, very much in love, I think, you two. Have you just met if this is your first date? Because you're doing well if it is, mate. No, you've been, you've been together for a while? What, what's your name? Chris, and what's your lovely young lady's name? Cordelia. Ooh, you've gone up a class there, haven't you, Chris? You've done pretty, <laughs> done pretty well for you. Have you just met, or have you been together a while? Have you met in the Edinburgh Fringe? Just met outside. <laughs> That's what I like. That's what I like with my, my fans. They're just straight in there. Have you, you haven't just... You're not that kind of woman, are you, Cordelia? How, how dare you say... Are you really called Cordelia or has he just said... You are? Yes, I really am called Cordelia. Do you say scone or scone? I'm 
It's gone. Ooh. She's not as posh as she's pretending to be. It's Nouveau Riche. She's called you, brought you in with that. Cordelia, how did you get that? What, what, who were you named after Cordelia? After the Cordelia in King Lear. That's what I reckoned. But I couldn't remember which play it was, so I thought I'd play. I'd play uh, uh, what does she do in King Lear? Doesn't she, doesn't she end up uh, dying or something in horror? Why, why would your parents want that to happen to you? Does she get stabbed by her husband? Is that what happens? Hangs herself. That's better, yeah. That can understand. If it was being stabbed, you wouldn't want to name your daughter that, would you? But hanging herself, that's... Have you felt in your life that that's kind of something, a cloud in the horizon that you may... That probably may be how you, you'll end up. Have you ever worried about that? This is going to be terrible. If she now, tomorrow, a student kills herself in Richard Herring bullying incident. Um, what, do you, what do you do for a living? Are you a student? I'm a journalist. You're a journalist, fuck. <laughs> who, do you, who do you write for? It's complicated. Yeah, you, it's not complicated. You're not a judge. Go on, who do you write for? Well, go on, don't be ashamed. Really. We won't. You work for the Press Association. You've ever taken any photos of girls jumping up in the air outside? <laughs> you go, you ever, you ever look through those and find the sexiest ones, the ones with the most cleavage, and then send them to the... Yeah, that's good. Uh, are you going to review the Today Show? No. no. Why not? <laughs> Janet Ellis fucking reviewed my show. You think you're better than Janet Ellis, do you? <laughs> fucking hell. What do you do, Chris, for a living? Uh, similar. similar thing. You both you met through the the press association because journalists are in a bit of trouble, aren't they? Really, because they're just all liars, aren't they? That's what it's turned out. <laughs> Had, have you ever hacked a phone, Chris? <laughs> all the time. <laughs> have you ever hacked Cordelia's phone? Is that how you've managed to? Because you're punching above your weight. I have to say, uh, the people at home won't be able to see this. He's not an unattractive man, but he's not attractive enough. Uh, and what's the story with you two? You two down here at the front, what's your, what's your story? Your father and son. Which one's which? <laughs> you brought your dad along to the show? Or has he brought you? They wouldn't take the card, so he's paid. So you've paid for your dad to come. That's your story. I love these. And why, what's, uh, what brought you along to the show today, sir? Just passing by, thought, <laughs> didn't know what it was, didn't realise you get picked on. Is taking your pension dad out to this? This is the, one of the really cheap shows, you know. This is the, and it's just made up as it goes along. This is this is as good as it gets. Your son hates you, sir. That's what that's, that's, that's what it's lovely. It's lovely to bring two generations, the family together. It's very nice. There's more sex going over it. There's more kind of hand holding. It's very sex. It's a very sexy vibe in the uh, in the audience today. <laughs> Lots of. That's oh, quite nice going on there. You're having a good time, having a little beer. Hold on to you. That's pretty, he's pretty much got his hand in her trousers there. That is kind of pretty... It's pretty... And the guy's behind. Can't believe that. Like the guy there. Old uh, sunglasses on his head like I can speak. Uh, <laughs> you can't believe your luck, can you, mate? You, can't, you don't know where to look, do you? You know, Are you here with your missus or are you here with your, your mister or your friend? Your, just your friend. Yeah, that's cool. So that's right. So you're allowed to look. It's the best of both worlds. Cool. Well, good luck with that. So it's, it's getting pretty heated. And uh, if, you, if you've listened to the show before, you will know that I uh, have made a rule myself in my relationship. I'm very happy in my relationship, but it feels, it feels a shame to come up to Edinburgh and not be allowed to have sex with loads of strangers <laughs> when you're drunk. It's a shame, isn't it? Uh, so uh, I've made a rule where I'm allowed to have sex within the environs of this podcast. It hasn't yet happened. So if anyone fancies, you know, a little bit, Preferably, some, preferably Cordelia rather than Chris. But if you both want to come up, you know, everyone will be watching. But some people get off on that. And now, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want the two of you up coming up here. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a bit of incest. He says, "My good, we are, 
Not in Scotland, there isn't. That is, that is, it's practically compulsory up here. <laughs> it's, you know, you never would imagine that a member of the audience would be more offensive than me, but it's, it is possible. It is possible. There's nothing. That's your dad there. Is there anything you want to, just let's get it out of the way. Is there anything you want to reveal about you? This could be the moment you could, you could, uh, you could tell the truth, get him, we could get him taken away, you'd be safe. No? Okay. Uh, imagine again, if he went, yes, there is something I want to say. It would have cast a little gloom over. We'd have had to go with it. Yes, my dad abused me as a child. We'd have, I'd have had to go, ooh, okay. And I'd have, had, I'd have had to handle that for a bit. I'd kind of had to be sensitive, go, you know, well, well um, sorry about it. We'll get the, we'll get the author. We have people backstage to help, help with the psychological trauma. We don't just psychologically traumatise people on stage. And then I'd have to kind of try and build my way up to back to being... I say back to being funny. Uh, but <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to introduce my guest today, uh, who is a fabulous comedian. I've uh, previewed with him this year and most years, actually. Uh, I haven't seen the show this year. Yeah, I saw the very end of it. It was all right. Uh, then I came on. And I was amazing. Uh, so uh, we <laughs> please welcome the incredible Josh Howie, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Come along, sit down. Make yourself Thank you. Cheers, How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm all right, yeah, considering. I'm actually, I've, got, I've had a second win, really, with Edinburgh. I got very tired uh, in the first week when I was trying to write a Radio 4 show as well as doing two shows a day. Okay. Now, I don't have to write anything in the day. I feel amazing. I can sleep. I've slept in all day. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I'm waiting for my first wind, but yeah. uh, <laughs> we'll get there. How's it going? What's the, what's the show? Let's get that out of the way. Well, yeah, the show is uh, called I Am A Dick. Yeah. <laughs> so, just putting it out there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, it's uh, basically it was just through comics. They were just saying, Josh, you know, you know, your little one-liners, that's all good and well and good. But really, why don't you just be like what you really are, what we know you as, yeah. a dick, you know. <laughs> so I'm being very experimental this year. Um, <laughs> and what's the most dickish thing that you have done? Uh, well, I don't know. Well, I'm sort of actually, I'm sort of building through the years because next year I think is going to be like the Dick Strikes Back, <laughs> and then it's going to be like Return of the Dick, and then actually that that was all the good movies. So that will be uh, so <laughs> Dick from my yeah. I'd actually, thank you very much. I'll I'll use that. Um, no, the most dickest thing which actually got cut from this year, which I've got to rework in, was when this girl. I thought this girl gave me AIDS. <laughs> um, I shouldn't really tell you this, but uh, I had, I had my mum had lots of gay friends, so I was like they all died when I was like thirteen, fourteen. So if you uh, this is a bit, I hate sort of feeling like I'm going into material, but this is just it, seriously. If you had like the frequency of my erections over time yeah. on one axis and the other axis, you had the frequency of mentions of AIDS in the media, <laughs> it would be sort of shaped like a you know flaccid penis. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's the way it is. So it's like I'm of that age, sort of thirty five. Where it's just, it was all about AIDS when you start becoming sexually active. Yeah. So I was totally petrified. It, like I said, lots of like these uncles, but they didn't rape me. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, they, they all died, and I was in hostel with them and stuff, and very petrified of AIDS. And then I slept with this girl when I was 17 without yeah. a condom. Well done. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that, was the, that, was, that was the last time. I know this is what you'd appreciate. Yeah, and uh, afterwards, I was like, well, I've got AIDS. Because yeah. back then, it was like they said, you know, anybody could get AIDS. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, you, you know, it didn't matter. But now, of course, we know scientifically you can only get AIDS by fucking a gay guy on the bum. So, um, 
<laughs> that's the way it, they lied to us. They, that's the way it turned that's out. That's the scientific. Yeah, yeah. that's the scientific. So the science is scientific. So yeah, so I thought I had AIDS. That was it. Yeah. And um, and then the problem was I really didn't like this girl, but I had to keep on going out with her. I was too petrified to get an AIDS test. Because these people really don't like me, hence the show title. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just couldn't break up with her because I had to sort of persuade her. It took about three months for her to persuade her to get an AIDS test because I was just too scared to get it. Wow. And I really hated her guts the whole time, but I had to maintain <laughs> this relationship. Uh, and then, <laughs> finally... Maybe, sh- maybe we should have built up with less dicky <laughs> yeah, stories, yeah. just so people uh, get to like you a bit before... Yeah, yeah there's no likability in this one. No, it gets worse. Yeah, um, good. Because I, she got the test, and then she came back in the clear... And uh, but I thought she was lying because she wanted to stay with me. <laughs> and then, but and then the next day she went into hospital, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I knew she had AIDS. Like I just knew it. And then, and she went to say school. With my sister was like, "No, no, Josh, it's all right. She's just anorexic." And I was like, "Oh my god, thank god." Uh, <laughs> and then I got, and it was great because I never actually had to break up with her because she was in there for six months. So I never saw her again. Uh, yeah, I thought you were going because she died in hospital. Yeah. So I got that was that was me, Scott. <laughs> Scott free. So uh, you, you know, it takes six months to uh, for AIDS to show itself. In any case, if you're going to have an AIDS test, so well, back then it was a couple of months. Was it? it well, was like a couple of weeks. <laughs> no, to, to manifest in your system, it, I sort of had thought it took a few months yeah. or whatever. So I thought, okay, I have to sort of keep with her and to find out. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, anyway, that's, that's good. Well, it's good to know. I think we are we all are dicks, and I think it's it's interesting. It's good to kind of reveal those things. I think often with comedy, there's the routines you kind of least want to talk about openly are the kind of the best ones because we all are like that. I think we all are, especially when we're seventeen. Yeah, so, I mean, so I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't behave like that now. I no. feel ba- I feel guilty for my behaviour. You'd wear a condom, right? So then you'd be safe. That would be fine. Uh, well, I'm I'm married, so I yeah. don't have sex yeah. um, <laughs> anymore uh, so uh, yeah but no I feel bad for that behaviour I still do dickish things I think the thing was is now as part of the show is being a dick for me is I'm like I'm okay with being a dick because I'm just hoping it means that I'm not an asshole. right if that makes sense that's like the next level above and yeah. I don't want to get to that so that's that's what I'm sort because I never try to hurt I'm never like set I think an arsehole or a I, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Like. I don't think that this man's just said that incest is fine. So you know, can we're, I, we're, I think we've set the bar level. You said you yeah, wanted, yeah. you know, you wanted a girl to die. And yeah. uh, <laughs> can I just tag in one of my one-liners? Incest is it deviant or is it just extreme laziness? <laughs> That's sorry. Ask, his twin Ask his twin brother. Ask his twin brother. This. Oh so you have a preference? <laughs> um, They're both the same, surely. Yeah, you would think. Damn, that's not. That's quite interesting. I'm oh dear, think I think about that. Um, <laughs> he's sitting across there. No. It's oh, you joker with your with your child rape. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you little pun meister. He's there as a little kind of sounding ball, so we can be as offensive. Yeah, as you want, it's all fine. I yeah. just asked him to come along and say, "I knew you were coming in." I thought yeah. he's going to say some pretty tasty stuff. Let's bring a boat in. He'll just say the worst things. He'll threaten to have sex with his own son yeah. during the hour of this podcast. You can do it, and it's la- and that's sort of, it. Works for everyone within this room. All laws are, are, yeah, yeah. are null and void. You can do anything you like. You can murder. All Anything you want. I would say, please use a condom. Yeah. Just uh, if you are going to sexually abuse your son. Um, <laughs> that, that's, that's from history. Anyway, um. <laughs> so, uh, talking of family, you are, you're, um, <laughs> talking of being raped by your family. Yeah. 
Your mum is uh, Lynn Franks, who I saw on Eggheads, Celebrity Eggheads yesterday. Did she do well? Um, I think she guessed. She guessed quite well. Yeah, she did. Okay. But they lost. They always lose. I'm obsessed with Eggheads, and I don't. They've got it's on twice a night now. They do Celebrity Eggheads, <laughs> and I think they're using the word celebrity quite uh, loosely. Quite loosely yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your mum was definitely the most famous. I don't know what the what. I, don't, I can't work out. I guess they were female executives of of companies or something. But I didn't recognise any of the others. Yeah. But uh, okay. your mum and then Franks. Which oh, absolutely fabulous is based on your mum. Yeah, that's that's the story. But yeah. you know, I've been trying to get away from that for the last twenty yeah, years. Yeah, well, you're not going to get uh, away from here. <laughs> that's thank, what. Thank you for bringing it up. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, she, yeah, it was. Uh, so are you? Because what's interesting me about that? I used in in absolute fabulous. Yeah. I used to really fancy Julia Sawala when uh, I okay. was younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's presumably the Julia Sawala character is based on you. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm so, just yeah. wondering whether you know, yeah, you sure. and me could, could uh, get together, see how that Absolutely. works. Absolutely, as long as you wear a condom. Yeah, uh, that's the only. <laughs> the, yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it was weird when. Okay, I'll tell the story. This yeah. uh, because you know whatever I've only said it you know a thousand billion times. Um, but maybe this will hopefully be the last. People keep time. asking about my dad, Keith Herring. He's a headmaster. Well, I've, well, I've seen your show. You know, <laughs> I've, I, I saw the headmaster's son. It was yeah. great. Yeah. So I, you know, you pro I, I probably do know more about you. But uh, okay, yeah. Jennifer Saunders was mates with my mum. My mum was an idiot. So Jennifer wrote <laughs> a sitcom based on her, like being this ridiculous PR lady, and um, and it came out and it was funny for a bit. And, um, <laughs> It was actually, I'll tell you the real story. The story is, they were on holiday with us. Uh, we, uh, I, I can't hide that I, you know, I've been a very, I've had a very fortunate upbringing mm -hmm. uh, until I started comedy. And, um, and so we had like, we rented a villa, as you do like middle 80s, middle class 80s people. And uh, they came and stayed with us. One night they're all up drinking. My sister Jess, who was about 30 at the time, went down about two in the morning and told them all off for uh for being up that late and <laughs> keeping us all awake so they thought that was hilarious and then they wrote a sketch with this character called jess who's telling off her mum right. and then they did that on, on the tv series and then they thought it would be a great tv you know my character unfortunately was at boarding school yeah. and then turned out to be a homosexual <laughs> <laughs> so yeah what's your sister up to now because she's still just yelling at my mum yeah. it should be her that i have you I yeah that's absolutely. I'll I'll give you a trick. well she's recently uh divorced has she cool yeah i mean two, Get in. two i don't kids. know what i've actually been out with julia Sawala. she was one of my ex-girlfriends so i don't know why i'm still oh, so really on about <laughs> it. <laughs> was that what it was watching that series it was actually press gang it wasn't so oh, much okay, absolutely fabulous gang, yeah, in which yeah, she was yeah. wasn't quite as hot in uh Absolutely fabulous. No, but absolutely fabulous is actually the reason me and Julie Swala broke up. This is the, what the Daily Express will be pricking up their ears. Okay, because they think <laughs> they've they've already written a story because I've mentioned her in my show this year, Julie. Yeah, I've I've seen, I feel yeah. enough time has passed for me to be able to discuss it. But in fact, what happened is uh, we would just we would argue a lot, me and Julia. But I got I got cast in a tiny part in, in Absolutely Fabulous. And then me and Julia broke up and she insisted that I was d taken out of doing the part. And then two days later, I wanted to go back out with me again. And I finally went, I'm not, I've had enough of what this. What a cunt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's what she was, she's actually a very lovely young lady, but she was a bit, uh, you know, don't go out with actresses, Josh. Is your wife an actress? No, God, no. no she's a therapist. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> uh, you get compared a little bit to Woody Allen. Uh, there's a little... Well, Woody, I'm, I'm balding a and I've got there's glasses. There's a little... Then there's that. It's a similar like, kind of. I like kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you married your own. Daughter. Yeah, I married mine. So I'm waiting for that stepdaughter. Okay. Um, for the adopted daughter. Oh, it's taken a turn today. Uh, I'm I, think, I, 
not normally like this. I, I didn't think it could get worse after Barry's prior swearing here yesterday, but. <laughs> Sorry, it's because I listened to your podcast, so I was sort of yeah, more no, excited. You should you know, be, yeah. be excited. Um, it's very exciting. But yeah, no, she was that. But no, she was very, very nice to you. But she, we would always have these arguments, and I was a bit because it was my first, like, really proper. It was a very weird relationship to get into. I should talk to your wife about it yeah. uh, because uh, although she's a child therapist, no, she, well, which might good. be more. <laughs> it's more uh, suited to me. But you know, I was going out with a f- this woman I'd fantasized with for years, about yeah. ten years after you know, ten, ten years after I'd sort of first fantasized about it. So it's yeah. very odd thing. But we argued a lot, and she was she was very uh, one way or the other. But uh, yeah, I, I should have been an absolute fabulous, and then I didn't get in. I'm it. Sorry, mate. And I was very I was actually annoyed because I, I wanted to do a bit more acting, you know. Yeah, I don't yeah. really like absolute fabulous, very much, <laughs> but I was kind of hoping. Oh, that acting's the dream because yeah. I mean they just don't do anything. I mean, come on, really? Uh, well, it <laughs> come on, they're they're full of shit, and they get I, loads of money. I mean, that's what you want to do. I think being an actor is <laughs> they do if, it, if it's working well it does I think being an actor is an interesting because you, you kind of have to I, I, most comedians I don't think would be able to really do it full time I think because with comedy you are you know you're, you're making stuff up and you're sharp and you're, you know you've got to think yeah. whereas with acting you've kind of got to do the opposite you've got to th- I think I really respect actors who you know, I understand the craft of acting and it's quite difficult mm. but there's loads of time sitting around doing fuck all yeah, and yeah. so you've kind of, in a way, you've got to just have a brain that can empty and be happy sitting in a trailer doing a crossword. Oh, maybe I'll be a good actor which, then. Maybe yeah, you would. Because yeah. <laughs> most comedians are like, I think, are too... Most comedians, I think, are pretty clever, right? There's, there are some examples that aren't. Mm. But they're, most, they're, they're quite... <laughs> they've at least got... It's not necessarily A-levels. You don't have to get good A-levels. Don't worry, Sonny. Uh, Actually, I want to tell a story when it's second yeah. about A-levels. Go on, right. no, tell no, a story about A-levels. No, please. no, please, finish no, but your it's, point. No, but it is, you know, so I think it's... Comedians are pretty clever, whereas I think actors generally no no, no I, said, well, I don't want to offend any actors in the audience no I mean, no the other thing is that I mean being a comedian it means that you have some control over it and mates yeah. of mine who are actors who are all stupid um, <laughs> they you know they have they like you say they're, but they're so much time in between jobs that they don't actually get to actually work whereas a comic we can be out there every night actually yeah. working bettering ourselves getting funnier that's the idea and um, and so I think that that's what attracts me to stand up. Yeah. Part part of it is that you know you, you just have to keep on you keep on moving forward. There is constant development. I think actors, you know, they can sit around for a year for doing nothing. They can, know? but it's sort of also like I mean I'm not being as rude as I sound. I'm being about this. I'm being quite serious about this. But but you know a lot of some there's a lot of actors who are really funny and you meet them and they don't understand how jokes work at all. They're just ne- instinctively good at acting and being funny. But it, you sort of have to explain. You write a script. And oh, you have what to explain time every? Yeah, yeah. You have to just explain what every joke is. They can sometimes say them instinctively. But, but they don't understand. That's why anybody who who isn't a stand-up, though. <laughs> I, guess, I think I mean, you know, like TV producers or whoever, and they're all the editors and like the timing and how they don't get that you need that information to, or the joke doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's maddening. Yes. But of course, that's second-hand information. Good. We've gone very uh, serious about the time. <laughs> 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 what I'm trying to say is, I'm not that successful to actually work with editors. But friends of mine who have say it's a nightmare trying to explain the fundamentals of how to get a gag across. Yeah, yeah. There. I'd quite like to do. Have you seen that show, The Actors Studio, the kind of American? Mm. thing and it's kind of quite it's quite uh, reverential to people who are basically quite shit yeah. I've got, I've got, I think we should do that with uh, you're doing <laughs> it you're doing it right now oh Josh yeah. you did mm. you were in you told that part <laughs> on though, yeah. so what was your A-level story well, what was just, your A-level? I didn't write today's the day but this means that eight, when I was 18 which is I, yeah like 18 years ago or something or 17 years ago today oh, was yeah. when I was I got my A-level results which were pretty shit but <laughs> I was in uh, Jerusalem training to be a rabbi right and so I remember calling through to get my results and they were shit and I was like ah it doesn't matter because I'm going to be a rabbi <laughs> I've beaten the system uh, <laughs> you, you suckers you losers and then I got kicked out a few weeks yeah. later 
So then it was like, oh, fuck, wow, now, well, now I have to go to Goldsmiths. There's so um, many questions now. There's so much. <laughs> Why did you get kicked out of being a well, rabbi? Well, this was the show that I did a couple of years ago yeah. called Chosen. It was about how I trained to be a rabbi and I sort of got brainwashed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And But what happened was we got a weekend off to go to Tel Aviv and a couple of us guys went and then we met these girls on the beach who were... Uh, <laughs> were you dressed up as a rabbi no, when, I was, when you were on the I beach? No, was, I was still... I was, it, it, was, it was strange because I was in the sort of in-between because I was still kind of black as well. Right. So I was in my hip-hop period right. sort of blending in with my Jewish thing. So I was sort of, you know, I had like baggy t-shirts, baggy shorts and yeah. baseball caps and stuff. But underneath that, I was wearing my seat seats, which is the white sheet with the thing sticking out. And I had my yarmulke underneath my baseball cap. It was, <laughs> I, I'm a bit of a fuck up. But, um, but so we went to the beach. That's right. Yeah, we met, well, we met these girls who were like Italian from Rome, Roman Catholic, essentially human shaped pieces of bacon. And... Yeah. And somehow, <laughs> you know, uh, I used to, you know, wear contact lenses and have hair. So, you know, I was, I was okay, yeah. attractive enough to manage to pull one of them. And then um, they came back to Jerusalem a few days later. And Tisha B'Av, which is a big Jewish ceremony, it's a very, it's the destruction of the se- of the second temple. It's a very sad thing. Mm. But I, we couldn't find anywhere to go and do our thing. And then I knew that everyone would be down at the Wailing Wall for this. <laughs> for this big ceremony which is like this you know everyone like wailing against the wall and crying and stuff for the destruction of the temple so I was like brilliant the dormitory is going to be empty (laughs) so they're not going to miss me because like that's where everybody was it was just packed so I was like brilliant I'll sneak her in and like this is a I mean, it's such a big note you can't even touch girls and the, the cleaners in the dormitory were guys like the girls weren't even allowed in yeah it was that insane so and then one of the rabbis one of the head rabbis there was just a knock on the door and sort of right in the in the middle of it all and um and I literally picked her up and sort of chucked her in the cupboard <laughs> with a sheet which as I said in the joke I thought she wanted an authentic Jewish experience and um talk about Anne Frank so <laughs> and uh and he sort but he sort of walked in halfway through that movement right. and uh and then he just stood there and then he closed door. and when I came out he was just sitting there on the sofa just staring at us and I was trying to fake it out like I was just giving her a tour like so that's the dormitory and this is the thing and this is my penis yes uh, <laughs> there is no foreskin um, and yeah and then I took it and then basically yeah they had a big meeting and I got called in and right. I, that was it I was done you out. know what I'd have done if I'd been you at that point what? I'd have gone I think Jesus is real fuck you <laughs> that's what I'd done her <laughs> vagina has converted me <laughs> I've always thought it. <laughs> ah yeah. Well, that's very exciting. So, have you had any other? <laughs> what, what mate? So, we, what mate? Are you religious now? Are you still, are you still? I'm still. Well, I'm Reform, which is right. uh, it's like liberal. So we go to synagogue twice a year, which is Yom Kippur and Christmas. Yeah. And um, <laughs> anyway, so I, I, I have to admit that's one of my jokes. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't. I don't like crowbarring <laughs> shit in, but I always feel that that's fake. You know what I mean? Like we, so we, we realised. Yeah, you realised. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> if it comes out of my mouth and it's funny, trust me, it's pre-written. It, it's all uh, right. It's okay. You're allowed. You're allowed to. to, to okay, use fine. Uh, yeah, no, I am religious. I go to synagogue like most Saturdays uh, with my uh, wife and my son Mordechai. That's his tr- That's ancient Hebrew for please pick on me. Uh, <laughs> again, written. Um, and yeah, no, but we're there. We we go. Yeah, we go. We yeah, we go pretty much most Saturdays. It's great. It's uh, you know I'm. I, it's just a chance to reflect. That's all it is. It's not like, oh, God's amazing and you're all going to go to hell. Any of that. Mm-hmm. The Jews don't even believe in hell. It's just a chance just to spend like an hour or two just thinking about my behavior for that week and how I shouldn't have watched so much pornography <laughs> uh, and feeling guilty and vowing never to do it again yeah. and then going home and having a wank. 
that's that's pretty much my life actually. As long as you're not wanking during the vowing not to do it again, that is that, no, that's, yeah, that's the main the, thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting off on that. Good. That's very, so your family up in in Edinburgh with you all of you? They were up and then they went back and they were going to come up in a couple of days for the last week, but actually they might not come up now oh. because I'm too selfish. <laughs> and, um, Do you become a nightmare to live with in, in Edinburgh? Is it, is it a nightmare to live all the time, really. Right. <laughs> but uh, Edinburgh takes it to a new level yeah. of self-obsessed, Googling bollocks yeah. yourself and all that stuff. And just, yeah, I, it's just also being up here isn't just doing your show. And there's like a ridiculous amount of preparation for the show. You've got to, you know, make sure you're well rested and you, you know, you've got everything together for it. But then you've got all the other little shows that you're doing and the big shows like this. Um, so sorry, this is the most number of people I've actually seen <laughs> for, uh, for a month. And, um, and then, you know, I'm like small fry. So it's, you know, I'm, you know, flyers, put, make sure flyers are out everywhere yeah. and sort of putting stars up on posters and hanging posters up and all that stuff. So it, that just takes up the day plus getting pissed. Yeah. Um, that's a good few hours. And that is a sort of part of it, really. I know you don't, you don't really need to. You're beyond the need to sort of show your face in like late night Well, I, don't, I never really did it and that's probably why I'm not very successful. I never, I, re I really always hated that networking <laughs> thing or why it's taken me so long to get to this point because I was yeah. always too embarrassed to network and I was always, mm. I was quite shy and I'd often just, I'd go to a big party and get over nervous and either hide in the toilet or go home. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I, and I was a bit, I, was, I kind of, because I'd come from like student comedy to begin with, I felt that um, when when and stand up had really predominated by the time we came to uh, Edinburgh and we had a bit of hard time in the first in the original instance. So I kind of assumed all stand ups hated me and I kind of for quite a long time and I okay. wasn't doing stand up comedy. So it took me a long time to kind of fit in. So it's taken me twenty years to get to, to the point <laughs> where I feel that I can go to where where I. But now I just I, you know I don't really feel like going out. I just want to do this. I, I go to bed early so I can do this this show as well as this so I can create. <laughs> This level of awe. I call this awe, Rob. I'm going, the audience aren't really laughing at me. It's because they're awed by everything yeah, that's can, coming out of my mouth. Yeah, people, I don't know if the awe is going to come through. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the, if it the headphones or whatever. The, uh, the audience but trust me, there is a tangible there is. tingling in the air. The earth. audience isn't mic'd up because the awe would just... It just it would feel, yeah, yeah, it would yeah. just, the, the whole podcast would just be mainly awe. Yeah, and then you're just in the back. Yeah. <laughs> and just people going, wow, what's that? Listen to the awe. A lot of awe going on. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, all, it's all kicking off too much so, uh, too oh, much all there time's it's, it's passing turning, it's turning uh, I'm, I'm do every, every day I'm talking about a different Edinburgh fringe that I've, okay. uh, so if you've got a favourite Edinburgh from pre you've been out a few times right four or five times yeah right? yeah um, um, but I'll, I'll do mine yeah, you, you can do, have a, yeah, you can yeah, have a think that okay. gives you time to think uh, so I'm up to 2002 I missed out 2000 when I didn't come uh, up uh, here at all that's the only year I haven't been to Edinburgh at all since 1992 uh, and um, 2002 was the I did Talking Cock which I may revive next year. I did Christ and Bite the Second Coming last year, so I thought I might do Talking Cock the Second Coming next yeah. year. <laughs> but it will be the <laughs> it'll be the tenth anniversary of uh, of of that ne next year, which is kind of weird to think. Um, I don't know what if I've got to say anything about what I was going to say about <laughs> Talking Cock. I got the, the, my favourite thing about Talking Cock happened on tour actually when um, and kind of weird. There, there was a bit in it where I was talking about uh, the ripping of the banjo string. Have you have you experienced oh. this? Do you know I mean the you know the frenulum. Which yeah. I believe Jewish people still have. I know, yeah, they, I know they cut <laughs> off and throw away most of the penis uh, in, in your religion. They, li they leave a something to work with. Leave yeah. a little bit. It'd be bad to cut them, but it's the yeah. little banjo string. You know, it's the banjo, the frenulum. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? It's just on the... On, you, you, know, you know what I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about? Show him. Show him. <laughs> <Get out. laughs> it's a little banjo string. It connects the, sh the head of the penis 
Cordelia to the shark. <laughs> Have you ever seen one of those? It's quite, it's very sensitive. It's a little tip for you if you want to. I know a lot about penises, more than, more than most heterosexual <laughs> men do. If you give that a little lick, try that. It's very, very sensitive. It's the most sensitive place. You'll play a little tune. Ding, 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 ding. Um, that isn't material. I just made that up there, just so you know. Uh, but um, but the, I did it once, and a guy, I was on this bit talking about people snapping, there, and there's a lot of blood. So it's happened actually, oh, no, I'll save that for... Uh, is it a vein or, or something? I mean, It's not, it's just like, it's, it, you know, the penis when engorged is, 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 full, is full, of, full of blood. <laughs> so if you manage to snap a bit of the penis, then you will get some impressive spurting. And okay. I, can't quite remember the, I can't quite remember the stories, but they're about people like shooting blood, like uh, in parabolas across the room over the sheets and stuff. And a guy in the audience collapsed as this was happening. A guy just... I could see it was about the third row, and he fell off his street on, into the onto the stairs, and kind of okay. rolled down the stairs a bit, and he fainted at this kind of awful, and he got taken out. And I, I genuinely thought he was dead. I thought he was, <laughs> the way he fell. I've never seen it. He just fell and boom, and I thought, fuck, someone's died. And then, how do I? What do I do to come? Do I have to stop now, or do I carry? So I sort of tried to cover it, and they took him. They lifted him out. He was clearly not dead, and they took him out. He was all right. He just fainted at the. Uh, uh, I should have mentioned that if anyone was before I started talking about it, it might have happened again. But then that guy, a few years later, I was on holiday in Trinidad and Tobago on my own for a week, and um, what, what, wait, wait. Yeah, you holiday by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did when I was single. I did quite a lot because I had to take holidays when I could get is, them. And is, I that a, is that a sex destination? No, no. no I just, right. you know, I've never. I went to Thailand on my own, and it didn't even cross my mind till I got there that people might think I was. <laughs> I was there for different reasons than I was. <laughs> when I got in the van, and the man, the man driving me to the resort, he kind of stopped off and picked up all these masseuses and was going, oh, yeah. and I was going, oh shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Everyone's going to think I've come for lady boys, and I'd come to lie on a beach on my own. I don't actually mind holiday on my own, but I think. Like when you were when I was single, I'd, I might have girls that I was seeing, but they would seem like a well, big too, step. Too well, much, a yeah. big step to go. Do you want to come to Trinidad with me, or even if they were able to? And I'd take holiday when I could. So I went okay. to Trinidad. I went to uh, yeah, Tobago, I think. But he was having a. He emailed me and said, "I'm getting married in uh, in Tobago in Trinidad at the same time you're there. So will you come to my wedding?" <laughs> so, so I went to the wedding of a man solely because my story of a banjo string snapping. Wow. Had made him faint. <laughs> and it was very nice. We had a very nice time. So uh, that was kind of, that's the kind of thing that happens in my job. <laughs> Doesn't usually happen in most people's jobs. And I was because I'd gone. I hadn't really gone planning for a wedding. So I was everyone. It was like a Hindu wedding, I think. Okay. Uh, and uh, everyone oh, else was quite really, long, long yeah, weddings. quite long and really dressed up. And I was there in my shorts. <laughs> and I was really, really. They all looked at me. And, oh. You thought you could have done something. So that was, uh, that was my favourite memory of Talking Cock, which may be, may be back next year with more. If you don't like frenulums being ripped, don't come and see it, because I will definitely keep that being. Have you got uh, a favourite thing that's happened to you in Edinburgh? Uh, yeah, I just uh, as a side note to that, I actually emailed you that i just started stand-up, and I've still got the email, I saved it, uh, and I sort of found out your email address because you can get hold of it. You can very easily. You can very easily get hold of it. And uh, and I, I emailed you because I said, oh, I see you're doing a show called Talking Cock. Just so you know, like this is me as a disgusting little open spot. <laughs> uh, going, oh, I was thinking about writing a show called Cocktails on a very similar thing. Yeah, yeah. But obviously you're better, so <laughs> you, you can have it. You can have the idea. <laughs> Richard, you may have the idea that I had after you had it. And... Um, and you very graciously wrote back and said, oh, that's like, yeah, I think it's like kind of, you know, an obvious idea. Yeah. yeah. And uh, which it is. 
And, and uh, <laughs> the number of people, the number of people who emailed me and said I've had the same idea and I'm yeah. calling it cocktails is unbelievable. I'm sure it was. I can't, yeah. te- I can't but, tell you how many people. But I actually, but I, but I was really happy you emailed me back and I saved. I've still got the email in my Hotmail yeah. account. It's one of the. That's one of the earliest. I'm very nice. I don't see. I don't just yeah. help out the 18 to 21 year old girls. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I thought Josh Whitaker, Josh Howie, sorry, it could be a. Could be a girl. What? Yeah. Could be, <laughs> could be an attractive I can girl. See how that works. I'll help her out. It's talking about a penis. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Uh, so uh, maybe not. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was. was it was. I mean, it, that was the thing with that show. It was kind of an obvious idea. And I really, when I did, I was doing Christ on a Bike in the Arts Theatre the year before. Yeah. Going re- no one coming to see it. Uh, and I was on with the Vagina Monologues. Was the was the other show. Okay. Which was packed, and I'd sit. I'd sit backstage. And here, you know, over the intercom as I was waiting to do my show, just this howls of laughter over what I consider to be quite an unamusing <laughs> show. And I kind of thought, fucking hell. And then, but everyone in the bar, everyone said, oh, you should do a male version of this. And I went, oh, it's such a rubbish fucking idea. Yeah. And then, you know, it's such an obvious idea and you can see exactly what it would be. And then, then I got thinking, well, kind of, it's interesting that no one's done it and would it be possible to do it in yeah. a slightly more surprising way so it isn't just about blokes going no we're the best we're better <laughs> women are idiots not men because <laughs> the vagina monologues is all about what's quite interesting about it it's yeah. all about um, there's no story in the vagina monologues about a man and woman having sex and enjoying it which I think I think would be you know the, the use of the vagina there's a few uses of vaginas <laughs> you can make them into a necklace uh, but um, for example but no, a good percentage of people's enjoyment of vaginas is in mutual heterosexual sex, Hopefully. and so and so it seems like weird that that's there's one story about a man who likes looking at a woman's vagina but not touching it, and he's a hero because he's he's fascinated with looking at it. No, no, that's and you kind of go, that's and disgusting. that's that's fine. So I wanted to do a show that was about men and women, and the fact that and and men and men and women and women that we can all we all can all enjoy each other. It's not and that, and, and sex is about you know a sharing thing <laughs> for most of us in quite a nice way. Hopefully, but anyway. oh, yeah. Then have you got an Edinburgh story? Uh, as well Edinburgh story, yeah. Uh, I've done. Oh god. Okay. Well, this I'm actually enjoying this. Well, this year I had two guys try to beat me up after my show. Yeah. So that was fun. So that's really going to entice people to come and see it. Um, Were they the brothers of the, the anorexia girl? No, they're just two blokes who just walked in. That's the problem with the show. My show title is yeah. like, I walked in one day and I heard five guys on a stag do. They were like, they were, it turns out they were stag do, but they were like, oh, and the, the lady on the door was like, oh, you here to see Josh Howie? And they're like, no, no, we're here to see the dick. Right. Uh, so that's the danger of that show title, which <laughs> I hadn't really thought through properly. But I got two Scottish guys, local guys in their sixties, who just were just absolute assholes no. through my show, and I just had to. Was yeah, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. But I had to sort of go into club set. You know, I had to go like into club mentality yeah, yeah. and I had to destroy them yeah. for the good of the show and they didn't like that at all. So, so they, they were, fight you. so they wanted to beat me up and wow. bouncers had to come down. Yeah. Have you ever actually been hit by a, by a punter in that situation? I've got close to being No, fights. Pr- I've got pretty close yeah. quite a few times. It's, you know, it's it's not pleasurable. I I become like a bit of a wimp. Yeah, uh, what is, but I, I'm very brave on stage. I'm, I'm not yeah, brave. Yeah. I'm not I, brave at all in real life, but I'm absolutely fearless on stage. And so if someone can be nosed, and there has been, I've been nosed nosed with yeah. a squatty in that in, in old job, which I yeah. talked about, and still giving him shit. Oh no, it's, you know, yeah. and he's still right there, furious, and me still taking the piss out of him. And so, and I'm, you know, you get off stage, you think, what the fuck was I doing? No, it's just the microphone <laughs> in hand. It's in, it makes you invisible. I was doing a student gig in Wales, and some guy was Zeke, uh, Zeke Hiley me or whatever, Zeke right. Hiley me, and nice. uh, yeah, which was nice. And uh, I was like, look, mate, if you don't put your hand down, I'm gonna come down and put it down because I can't, I can't be dealing with this. Yeah. And he wouldn't put it down. 
and I was like, right, that's it. And I sort of got off the stage to go and kick the shit out of him. Yeah. He was fucking massive. <laughs> he was a big rugby dude. And he was like coming at me at the same time. And then the bouncers all like literally stepped in right, and yeah. that last nanosecond. But there's no question that he would have absolutely battered the shit yeah. out of me. <laughs> no question whatsoever. So David and Goliath, you know what happened there? You no, never know. There was no no. You'll remember because no. you were <laughs> you, you probably did that story when you were training. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was one of the. <laughs> was, was that one of the stories what? they told you? I think it's in, I think it's yeah, in that, your Bible somewhere. Yeah, somewhere thank you. There. Torah, Torah. Uh, yeah, that's um, it. <laughs> so it's my favourite film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's my pleasure. Because um, I, I, the guy, I've been a couple. I did get in a fight with a guy I talked about the other day. who poured a pint of water over my head, and I, I attacked him. And I, in Edinburgh, I've nearly been in a couple of fights. Uh, but I, the guy, the, the, there's a heckler video on YouTube that everyone's seen. I think it's like two million. Oh my god, that's two million. Yeah. But that guy, the very drunk bus driver, just ruining the show, wouldn't let me do anything. And he was, he was letting the. They wouldn't take him out for ages. It lasts about 25 minutes. Yeah. In fact, you only see a little bit of it on the stage. But he was waiting outside we they got oh. finally got kicked him out and he was waiting outside it was in that um raymond review bar kind of yeah, band, yeah you know, know yeah. madam jojo's what it was called and um he was waiting outside going come on then i want to fight you wanted to fight me but he was so drunk and i was completely sober at that point i don't think even if he'd come for me i don't think he would have hit been able to hit me he was so drunk but i did just walk away but yeah you do get these there was once i had to leave a gig by the back door because I'd, I'd actually oh, managed to piss me, three, yeah. three people. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. On. Oh, no, no. It's a, yeah, t- t- two stories. There. Yeah, one was in a gig in Manchester. Like literally, a riot was happening, and I had to be escorted out by like six bouncers in this big centre. Basically, half the people loved it, and half the people hated it. And that's me. I'm kind of like Marmite in that I'm great. And um, <laughs> and yeah, they they. But it just all absolutely went berserk yeah. because I'd mentioned paedophiles, right? Uh, as you do, yeah. Uh, you know, for a cheap laugh. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just it all got, it went absolutely insane. But another time I was doing a gig and then some guy started booing. He was really drunk. And he said, boo. I was going, what's the problem? He goes, oh, you stole that. You stole that. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, you stole that. I was like, no. And he goes, what? And he goes, oh, I saw that on TV last night. It was on Comedy Central. And I was like, and then I sort of, I was like, oh, wait a minute. The bloke who did that joke, did, was, he, was he Jewish? He was like, yeah. And he was like, was he wearing glasses? He goes, yeah, yeah, that's the guy, that's the guy. I go, do you think possibly that that was me? <laughs> just, <laughs> just possibly. He's like, you fucking idiot. Like, so I just destroyed him for the rest of the show. But then afterwards, he was on the same, getting, getting the tube back. It was in London, getting the tube back into, into town. And, uh, he was, and he was there with a bunch of mates. And then he was like, going to beat me up. And he was like, he sort of pretending that he didn't know it was me. And he was like, trying to like, it was like in my face. But that was proper scary because yeah. there was just a lot of them and they would have battered me. But I'm surprised you haven't been beaten up, I have to say. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very surprised. <laughs> I've been very lucky. Very, very lucky. lucky. Yeah. I'm asking all my guests uh, this question. Yeah. What would it take... <laughs> okay. What would it take for... What would you want in return to fillet the actor Keith Allen? What would you... Ah, would you okay, mean? that's interesting. Presuming you haven't done it already. Uh, yeah. Um, what, what would, would it take... In return? Um, I take a, a three-star review. Three-star <laughs> review. <laughs> I'll take what I can get. Um, yeah. Oh God, that's a it's a tricky one, isn't yeah. it? Um, for a, oh God, but it's a classic quote. But why Keith Allen? Um, it's just 
you know, why not? Uh, I have a little bit of a vendetta against him. If you must know, it started. So you want me to give him a blowjob? That's his way of getting him back. (laughs) Josh, you give really shit head. That's going to really fuck him up. It's because Uh, I believe it's like when Matthew Crosby was one of my early guests said we were talking about Keith Allen because one of my stories is about him wrecking my show in Edinburgh. And uh, Matthew Crosby said he'd once gone to a bar and (laughs) Keith Allen had come in and said, "Who wants to suck my?" (laughs) (laughs) I think that's where it started from. And then realised he didn't know anyone in the bar and it looked a bit (laughs) weird. Just had to shut up. I'm just so annoyed that he was stealing my material. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrific. Well, look, we've got, we got a, another, we've got two Joshes. Today, I'm called the show. I was going to say this at the beginning. It's a rogue and Josh is, I'm a rogue. I was going to try and get Anna Paquin to come in to really make it work. That is a joke for nerds. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so we flee, and I called you the wrong Josh at one point, which I knew would happen. Just under my breath, I think I got away with it. But we got a five-minute set, and uh, I re- this guy is amazing. He's going to be a, a massive star. I saw him at the Latitude, uh, and I, was, I had to follow him. In fact, it was very difficult. He blew the room away like they were Keith, like a million Keith Allens. <laughs> so, will you please welcome the incredible Josh Widdicombe, ladies and gentlemen? Hello. Hello. Are we all right? Exciting, isn't it? <laughs> no, clearly not. Uh, I thought it was. I, I'm excited to be on a podcast. I, have, I, don't, I, I try and listen to podcasts. I'm not very good at listening to podcasts. I'm not good with my computer. Like, the only time I feel comfortable answering a question my computer asks is when it crashes and then it comes back on and it goes, do you want to send a report? <laughs> no. No, I'm not a grass. <laughs> If I was going to grass up my computer, I wouldn't do it via my computer. He'll know. I'll be grassing him up. He'll start grassing me up in return. He's got far more on me than I have on him, I can tell you. It's difficult. I'm enjoying being in Edinburgh. It's kind of a big city for me because I I grew up in Devon. I grew up in a small village. Is there anyone from Devon? Yes. I grew up in a village called Haytor Vale. Do you know it? I know of it. You know of it? That was a very sinister response, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's tiny, isn't it? Like nothing happened there. Like to give you an idea, the most exciting thing that happened when I was a child was when I was seven. There was a bull in a field. So it was exciting. So we, I used to walk past this. I'd be terrified, and my dad would go, oh, "Don't worry about that. He's more scared of you than you are of him." And I think, no, he fucking isn't, mate. There's only one of us here with a 200 stone weight advantage and horns. So the only way he is more scared of me than I am of him is if he has a phobia of Wellington boots with eyes on the front. I spent my childhood terrified, like, like bonfire night was I think I was terrified when I was a child. Because growing up, like bonfire night, the warnings about it were just, build up was just warnings about the way it was going to go wrong. Like you're either going to get burnt with a sparkle or hit with a firework. My favourite was on Blue Peter every year. They'd have the same warning that applied to no one in Britain. Every year they go, oh, bonfire night's coming up. And uh, if you do own a pet tortoise, <laughs> what? Like, if you do own a pet tortoise and it's hibernating in a box, do be careful to not put that box onto the fire. I don't know how unlikely that scenario is. First, I know no one who owns a pet tortoise. Secondly, how unruly is your bonfire night getting? They go, yeah, just chuck everything on, yeah. Yeah, Guy Fawkes was a shit. Show him what I think of him. Go into my house, get my boxes, don't look in them, throw them on the fire. I don't care that the contents is snoring, throw it on, I told you. Two months later, you walk around your house going, where the fuck is Sheldon? 
Oh, our bonfires were terrifying as well, because my dad used to run them. He had no interest in health and safety. We'd have those home fireworks displays. Most people, they'd lock the pets in the house. He didn't bother. He'd just go, well, you know, we've got six fireworks. The cat's got nine lives. We are going to be fine. <laughs> they'd be firing off fireworks towards the village like we declared war, and then the whole thing would climax with a Catherine wheel nailed to a gate, failing to go off. <laughs> my dad creeping up on it, us going, Dad, you're not going to go back to a lit firework. Him going, don't worry, it's more scared of me than I am of it. It'll be fine. <laughs> The only thing there wasn't a warning about in the build-up to bonfire that was a toffee apple. They should have been. They should have said, oh, bonfire night's coming up. And if you are planning eating a toffee apple, do be aware that they are shit. Because <laughs> no one likes toffee apples. No one wants a food that gets worse the more you eat of it. It's a way of tricking children into eating apples. It's like bobbing for apples. It's the same trick. I spent my year not wanting to eat an apple as a child. You put that apple in water. You put my hands behind my back. I will drown myself to eat that fucking apple. <laughs> You're waterboarding for apples, that's what you're doing. <laughs> that's the thing, you make something into a game, people want the prize no matter what it is, like those 2P pushing machines you get on piers. I spend my life trying to get rid of 2Ps. You put them on a moving shelf. I'm going, I'm having all those 2Ps if it kills me. Not just those 2Ps, I'm getting this pound coin, I'm changing that into more 2Ps to get these 2Ps. I don't see these rages, but at the moment I see them, I'm an expert going, that one's not going to fall, is it? Uh, that one's going to pay out big. That one's a maybe. That one's a 10p pushing machine. I'm going nowhere near that. I'm not made of money. No one has ever been on the 10p pushing machine. It's not Monte Carlo. I like the plastic horses where you bet on the horse racing. I always go on that, but I don't know why. Before I go on it, I always watch a few races to check the form. I want to go on. Is, is the, the dance mat where there's four arrows on the floor and, that, and then the arrows are coming up on the screen you just stood there for arrows with, for ages with your feet like that going, well I tell you what, I'm a better dancer than I thought. You do that in a nightclub, you're not a better dancer than you think. Going, you like these moves girls, wait for the big one, here it comes. There it is, very nice indeed. I realise I've done a visual joke to end a podcast set. Uh, didn't think it through. Uh, thank you very much. Um, do, uh, do I plug my show? Yeah, uh, I'm on at 7:15 uh, in the courtyard, but um, I've also got extra show tonight at 9:45, where I'm really worried about ticket sales. And um, and uh, the following Saturday, there's an extra show at 11:45, and I'm really worried about drunks in that one. So uh, please come to one of them. Thank you very much. My name's Josh. Really come. Cheers. Good night. Good afternoon. Josh Whittacombe, ladies and gentlemen. He's my favourite comedian called Josh. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> shall we end the show? <laughs> Actually, I've got an answer to, I just, when we were backstage, an answer yeah. to your question about the, because I never answered it. We're going what? To, to, to suck his cock, yeah. I would be, I'd like to be Josh Widdicombe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. In your dreams. So, uh, <laughs> he's, he's very good. He's very good. But so are you. And the people, what, what time's your show? 6.20 here at the stand. Brilliant. Just down the road, yeah. Cool. So, so please come to that. And we're going to do a competition to end on. So uh, this is a chance for you to win all that lovely loot if you bother to come down to see the show. Uh, so what we're going to do is make a, a few statements that are either true or false. Uh, you have to decide if they're true or false. So we need you to stand up. Uh, first, so everyone stand up. To, you've got to be in it to win it. 
Uh, hey, that's a good phrase. Uh, so if you think the statement we say is true, put your hands on your head. If you think it's false, put your hands on your bottom, yeah, on your own bottom, sir. Leave your son's bottom alone. <laughs> and uh, you look you look so worryingly like my granddad, who did die 25 years ago, uh, when, when he was a younger man. Uh, than, I should say, when he was alive, you look like him. Uh, that it's kind of slightly freaking me out. But uh, that's good. Uh, Don, do you know, you're not called Hannon, are you? You're not one of the Hannon, Don Hannon, no Don Hannon. No. Uh, you got any Irish blood in you? Yeah, a little bit. You've got a short, stocky young man, an old man. That's what you like. That's, what, <laughs> oh, that's my Irish blood. That's my Hannon blood. Anyway, that's not the first question. The first question, the first statement is Stuart Lee, uh, the opera director and golfer. That's not part of it. He isn't a golfer. Uh, the opera director um, once, when he was a teenager, was dry humping uh, with his girlfriend, with just, uh, you know what that is, sort of having sex with uh, your trousers still on, just rubbing against each other. And he uh, split his frenulum and uh, bled into his jeans. Is that true? His banjo string. Stuart Lee, the opera director. True or false? True on your head, false on your bottom. So that's uh, split the audience. Would that, would that have happened to him, that injury? That is true. Oh, so oh. sit down. There you go. It's a lovely revealing yeah, yeah, secrets. Really <laughs> Have you got a statement, Josh? Yeah. Um, Richard Herring was the reason that I became a stand-up. Wow. True or false? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you, don't have to, you don't have to make such a slapping. Yeah, definitely false. Definitely fucking false. There's no way that is true. What is the answer? No, it was Lenny Bruce. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, but you do keep me being a stand-up. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So sit down and said true, you idiot. Um, <laughs> Kenneth Kendall, the newsreader, uh, the reports of his death are exaggerated. He's still going as far as I know. Uh, in uh, He appeared in BBC's The Young Ones, uh, in not the classic 1980 sitcom, uh, the 2010 show in which six celebrities in their 70s and 80s attempt to overcome some of the problems of ageing by harking back to the 1970s. Is that true or false? Kenneth Kendall, he employed John Inman. That's true. Ken the Kenneth Kendall facts are always true, apart from him being dead. It's because I read them. I was reading off a piece of thing. Did you not spot that? Uh, okay, go, go, go on. Uh, okay, today is my grandma's birthday no. and Stuart Lee when he was dry humping her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, today's my grandma's birthday. Today, today is Josh's grandma's birthday. Is that true or false? Wow, really definitely f fucking sure that that is false. <laughs> why, why would he make that up? Was the I know, answer. of course <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. I'm Sit not, down, I'm you <laughs> idiot. I'm not that original. So the sun's still <laughs> in. There's still a few people in. Not, not that many. So we are down to three. Is there anyone lurking in the shadows back there? So three people. Um, let me have a think. Does it matter that she's dead? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, oh, it's is, that, is that no? She's alive. No, she's <laughs> <laughs> uh, she could be dead. My my phone's been off for the last hour. Uh, <laughs> well, that's always the worry. Sure. That's always the worry. Yeah. Uh, uh, in the uh, early 1990s, I worked as a parliamentary assistant to the MP Robin Cook. Is that true or false? What's your answer, madam? You're just standing up and hoping you'll get through this, okay? <laughs> <laughs> You've got your hands on your 
crutch there. That is incorrect. So that's something else. That is false. And I did that one yesterday as well. If you listen to the podcast, you'd have got that one. That's, that's one a little treat. So there's one more to go. Josh, I think you can... Uh, one of you's going to have to go for true. One of you's going to have to go for false. Whoever says the first thing you're spent. Okay, let me have a think. Uh, tomorrow's guest on the Rich Tang's Edinburgh Fringe podcast will be Simon Munry. Is that true or false? The first one is true there. You've got to go for false. It is true, madam. You're the winner. Congratulations. By the way, what you don't know is that backstage, Richard just asked Simon, and he actually didn't commit yet. Uh, but now but now he's trapped. <laughs> he's absolutely committed. Uh, that lady there, you can, you can have tickets to see Paul Sinha. And also uh, Bridget Christie, br- brilliant, uh, absolutely one of my favourite Edinburgh acts. I hope you can go to both of those. Uh, there's for some reason there's another. You fellas there, you can go to see Paul Sinha together. I think you'll enjoy it. I think you two together. <laughs> and so you're, you're going to see Bridget Christie. You're sitting there on your own, aren't you? Yeah. You having a nice time? You enjoyed it? It's all right. Well, that's okay. You're going to go to another show on your own now, aren't you? <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> Maybe you'll make a friend there like why they did. They just met here. To Mate, why don't you come to my show and you can also be alone? <laughs> uh, just, just, just me and you. Brilliant. Well, that is it. Tomorrow's guests are uh, Simon Munnery, just confirmed, uh, and um, uh, Matt Green. Uh, so that's going to be worth seeing. I'm doing uh, the uh, What Is Love Anyway at the Kalman at 8.50. If you'd like to see that, please come along and see this one live. And uh, I don't know who's coming on Sunday. Lee Camp is going to be on Sunday and someone else. Uh, so thank you. Would you please give a massive round of applause to my two guests, the Joshes, Josh Whittacombe and Josh Howie, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming. Thanks to everyone on the stand. The, the people here are the best people in the world. Thank you, Chris. Thank you to everyone backstage. Cheers. See you tomorrow. Bye.